Views expressed on the proceeding program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is your alternative talk station, 1150 KKNW, Seattle. Welcome to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. We are coming to you live to bring you stories of people like you and me who are busting through to their unlimited possibilities. Right about now, you may be asking, what is crust? Crust is what keeps you stuck. It is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Are you stuck today? Well, <laughs> join join us here for an hour and we'll help you get up. Stuck. stuck in the mud. Get unstuck. Stuck in the mud. Stuck in the mood. Stuck in the job. Stuck in the job. Stuck in the relationship. Stuck in traffic. <laughs> Yeah. On your way to the Northwest Women's Show. I know a lot of people are stuck in traffic right now because this is a big event. Huge event this weekend. It is huge. huge. And we were like attempting to get down there before the show today. Bad idea. Because I have my stuff. You know, we haven't dropped our stuff off. You know, Steph. Uh, and we will, we, yes, we will be in the booth. We're going to be in the booth with Cameron and Lucia. Which is booth number 909. 909. Yep. I love that number. It's in Nine. a green section. There's a big, uh, in the I what believe section? it's a, a big, uh, ballooned, you know, how they kind of make shapes out of balloons. You know, they stick a whole bunch of balloons together. Yeah. It's a, in the shape of, uh, the female symbol, I believe. And if you didn't look up. And our color is. Green. We're in the green section. I think it's, I think it's the seafoam style green, I believe, is their okay. style. It's on Occidental Street. So it's on Occidental. the west side of the exhibition center. It's there within the first, fifth row. Okay. Well, you'll have to tell me where to park because, I've, you know, we're like, we we immediately were like, no, 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 hurry, turn, don't go down here Yeah, but here this now. is Seattle, so you might have to have some bills ready. That means pay to park down there. <laughs> oh, I, I'm from New York. I'm always carrying bills to yeah, park. Yeah, but these are Seattle prices, not New York prices. Yeah, well, that means they're about increased by like oh, tenfold. <laughs> well, we got to pay for the kingdom that we still, you know, mm-hmm. there's still maybe some remnants laying around. Mm-hmm. There's the new Safeco field. We do have the exhibition center, which we, you know, the women's show is in, and you'll yes. be there. Yes, I be there. Okay, I'm going to be there. We're going to Linda and I will be there, and uh, uh, today for sure, and tomorrow for sure, for sure, for sure, and Sunday for sure, uh, and um, Krusty will be with us. <laughs> Krusty's always with me. Um, well, what's today? Today's Friday. Today's and you know what that freaky means? Friday. No. You know, what that, you know what that means on Fridays for us? Uh, we pick an angel card each day of the week. And on Friday, what we do is we open up the lines and um, I ask a question about this week's uh, angel cards or a particular angel card. And we open up the lines and to the first caller that calls in... We um, we gift them with either a deck of angel cards. Some people have their angel cards or um, with um, the book that goes with the angel cards. And um, there are some folks that have been listening um, uh, across the country. And so you can email the answer at live at com. So what's the card for today? Hang on. Let me play my little drum roll. Purification. Mm. Wow. Isn't that what we were just talking about with, um, is it Sonia, right? She was telling me that I got to be really careful about that. Mm -hmm. Purification. Yep. Mm. Let's dabble into purification. Let a shower of light cleanse 
your thoughts, Mm -hmm. feelings, and actions. Yes. Wash away the drama that covers your essential nature. This is good. All right. One more time. Let a shower of light cleanse your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Wash away the drama that covers your essential nature. Mm. Bring on the shower. Bring it on. Bring on the shower. You can definitely feel the shower and the love All right. at the women's show. You ready for the question? Oh, I'm ready for the question. All right. You know the question. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask it? Because I know you know it. You and I were so like on the same, it's really, we're on the same vibe. We're, yeah, today. exactly. I was actually thinking that in the middle of Cam and Lucia's show, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, we need to come up with a question for the card. And then it just hit me because obviously I have a backer for it. Um, in relation to the theme of this song... George Michael has a familiar and a hit. So uh, that was Monday's card. So give us a call at 425-373-5527. That's a local number. 425-373-5527. Or 1-888-298-5569. And tell us what the card was. Well, I got to say that? Or did they have to come in and guess? Uh, they, no, they have to guess. See, so why should I say it? No, I gave him a big tease right there. Yes, you with did. That whole entire oh, yes. song. No, don't tell him the card. Okay, they know the card. I know. Did you hear it? Yes. I I blanked it out and I, I went back to the new song again. I saw how you did that. <laughs> right, Linda's going to be answering the phones for us. Four two five three seven three five five two seven is the local number, and one triple eight two nine eight five five six nine. Also, real fast, if you can get in an email at live at crustbusting.com. Because we go. are plugged in today. That's right. And Linda is scurrying. Right, we have got... a couple of callers, actually. Is this going to be another one of the uh, yeah. abundance? I think so. Because We're going to have to roll she... out the abundance? I think we are. She just whipped those names right up there. <laughs> All right. Let's grab caller number one. That would be Deborah. Hello, Deborah. Hi. How Hi. are you? Good. So well, glad I finally got through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, welcome. Good morning. And what might that answer be? Faith. Oh, yeah. Was it that easy? <laughs> well, I knew it before you actually started playing the song, but uh, it was a good one. It's a great oh, listener. It's a good one. Outstanding. So, how does that relate to you? Um, I'm starting a new endeavor, and I really needed to have faith in myself to mm. be able to move forward in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's coming true because I have had that faith. Right on. Whew. That's Positive. right. And, Pat, I told you, Newton Green Lake, I was going to try and get these cards and. I finally got through. Yes, you did. And I knew you would get through. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Deborah, stay on the line, and Linda will get some information from you. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Thanks. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. Let's go to, is it Candy? Hi, Candy. Candy, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So you probably might have been listening to Deborah's answer, but you you might know (laughs) what the, the real true card is on Monday. Uh, so it's not the same answer. Oh, I no, threw a yes. trick at her. Oh. See, I seen if she could catch it. No, it's the same. Same answer. Thanks. Oh, she's right, so good. There we go. This <laughs> she's is awesome. so good. You guys are like, so sweet. This I, is amazing. I, thank you. I lost my angel cards uh, about five years ago. Oh so no! I'm a new listener. Uh huh. And so I, it's just kind of profound that I'm calling in. <laughs> there are no mistakes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely they, not. Right? No, none at all. This and we welcome to the show. Thank you Yes, so much. welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Puyallup, and I saw you on the website um, uh, for talk radio, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd tune in. 
Excellent. Thank and how do you like you. it so far? Actually, I like uh, I like your catchy little slogan there. That's what drew me to it. I'm going, Chris, that's such a nasty word. Oh, my oh, gosh, it, it is, is, isn't so it? so nasty. So, so it made... Oh, are you still there? Yeah, oh. sorry. That's, that's okay. Well, that's what happens when you say that crust. Yeah, you get stuck to get beat. That was that was my affirmation just now. Oh, that was great. Well, you know the thing with crust is, you know, it served us once in our life. You know, one, once upon a time, at right. least mine has served me. It just doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah, I'm going through a major revolution in mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny that once you start looking at it, you can't deny it. You have to move through it. You can't deny it or else it really gets uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. It is Ooh. uncomfortable. I didn't really know what that meant until you finally start doing the work. That's right. We call that a crust quake. Okay. Yeah, well, I've had a few of those. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much thank for you. listening. Welcome to the show. Okay. If you stay on the line, Linda will uh, get some information and we'll get those cards out to you. The amazing <laughs> Linda. The amazing. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank You're welcome. You. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Whew. Yes, we're doing it. We're we smoking. I'm loving it. I love this. I'm we're like, not smoking, smoking, but we're, you know. No. <laughs> we're having a great time. We're happy, happy, happy. You know, and I think it is Friday. It's the end of the week. Everyone's kind of letting loose, and it's a beautiful day. It's trying to clear out here in Seattle, and it's, oh, it's sunny. It cleared L- up. A little breezy. That's all right. It's a little blowy. It's been a little, a little blowy. blowy. <laughs> it's been a little blowy. It just blew the cat halfway down across the continent. <laughs> Went up to the cat. <laughs> down there. Oh, my gosh. So who that we got up horrible. next? Okay. We have, you know, I don't know if you've heard about this book, Benny, but this book is called Killing the Buddha. You mentioned it yesterday, and I was very surprised at the title. That's well, definitely you'd be even an attention more surprised grabber. At the cover, <laughs> it's a blue sky with it's one cloud and a big X. big X across <laughs> it. Um, and I had uh, the pleasure of uh, listening to a reading on this book at Third Place Books uh, when Jeff Charlotte and uh, Peter Mansou were in town. And we're going to have with us today Jeff uh, Jeff Charlotte. We're going to talk about the book and about how they created this book, the story. From Jeff, you know, regarding how this book was compiled is amazing in itself. And we are going to be giving away two copies of the book today throughout the show. Uh, so uh, before we bring Jeff on, we will give him a call. But I want to say that we are going to be at the Northwest Women's Show uh, this weekend and also uh, invite you to stop by booth 909. We'll be we're not even, we don't have our banner up yet, but we're getting there. We don't have It'll our be stuff after the show. there. It'll you still be have to run show. a show today. Got to do the show. The show must go so on. So flexibility. <laughs> it's what I was talking about yesterday. Now I really, I never really understood what they meant when they said the show must go on. <laughs> now I like totally get it. Um, but what I want to say about that is Monday, uh, Sue Storm will not be with us. And oh. that's not because of the Atlanta thing. She is coming back. Um, it, it's something else that came up uh, in, in sort of a communication. But you know what happened? We are going to do something fabulous on Monday because if you stop by the booth, we will have a a bowl out there to collect either a business card from you or you can write a slip out with your name. And on the show Monday, we will actually pull names from this and we will be offering a variety of special gifts from some of our special business partners on the show, including consultations with Sue Storm, 
uh, a ticket to the seminar that I'm giving, a couple of books. And that's including a breakfast, too, isn't it? That's including a breakfast, mm-hmm. too. So we're going to be doing that Monday. All you will need to do is stop by, look for the bowl. And if you stop by and I'm not there yet, just write your name and your phone number on a piece of paper and put it on the table. Maybe an email, eh? <laughs> a little email. So that's what we're going to be doing Monday. And we're going to talk uh, about the women's show and, uh, uh, you know, love to hear from people uh, that have been there. But also, uh, that's what we'll be doing. Sounds like a plan. Don't you think that's a plan? Sure. All right. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk to, you know, Jeff. I think we're we're going to be picking Jeff up from New York. Jeff Charlotte and yeah. Killing the Buddha. Yeah. Stay tuned. You're listening to Crest Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basili, and producer Benny Mathers. Touch finger. Uh, what's up? All right. Cue okay. We'll now. be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A little take on me, a little aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Welcome back to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat, and producer Benny Mathers. Yeah, absolutely. We have with us today, and as a matter of fact, right now, we have with us one of the authors of an incredible book called Killing the Buddha. We have uh, with us Jeff Charlotte. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about the book and about uh, who the authors are. The authors are uh, Peter Mensu. And Jeff Charlotte. Now, here's something. Let me read this to you so you get a sense of this. Uh, When Peter Mansu, son of a Catholic priest and former nun, and Jeff Charlotte, raised Jewish by his Jewish father and Pentecostal Hindu Buddhist mother, set out on their road trip across the United States to talk to people about religion, they discovered that reports of God's demise had been greatly exaggerated. Never have so many gods been so alive and well, for better or for worse. And that's what we're going to talk about. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hello, Dr. Pat. Well, you know, I ask this question, each and every one of my guests, and it it kind of goes like this. I kind of tweak it a little bit, but it's basically this. You and I are sitting here having a, you know, getting ready to have a fabulous conversation, and we almost make it look so easy. How have you come, you know, to be on this journey? What are the kinds of things that you might have had to overcome? Well, I, you know, it's an interesting question. People ask, uh, how do you come to start writing about religion? And there's sort of a, a, a generic answer, which is that it's it's not very well written about in most of the press. And I, I you know, I, my life is as a journalist. So I said, well, here's this, all these incredible, amazing stories to tell. And then there's also, obviously, the personal side to it. And you mentioned uh, my background, Jewish father and Pentecostal Hindu Buddhist mother. And I would say I really sort of started began asking these questions when, as as, as a uh, teenager, uh, I uh, sort of nursed my mother through her, her death. She died of breast cancer, mm. and uh, and she that's sort of where the Pentecostal Hindu Buddhist part came in. She we would we would sort of investigate every kind of religion. She was really looking for answers, and um, and that made an incredible impression on me. She was a writer, and, and I and I became a writer, and mm. uh, those questions have always sort of stayed in the forefront. Of of my my interest as a writer, so it's when you talk about religion or belief or spirituality, whatever you want to call about it, you're really asking questions uh, about uh, 
what matters. If, mm-hmm. if you're dying, what matters to you? Mm-hmm. And then you can take those those lessons into living as well. And that's that's kind of how I've tried to approach writing about religion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know a little bit about you from listening to uh, you at Third Third Place Books when you were in town. Uh, but our, our listening audience doesn't. Tell us a little bit about what you have done to create this book. Sure. Well, three years ago, Peter Manso and I began a web magazine, www.killingthebuddha.com. And we took our title from a, a thousand-year-old Zen aphorism uh, about a, uh, a teacher named Lin Chi. One of his monks comes up to him one day and, and I'm sort of telling this as a story. Uh-huh. Is uh, one of his monks comes monks comes up to him one day and, and and says that he's he's met the Buddha on the road. He's just walking down the road and suddenly Buddha, enlightenment, nirvana, the big payoff. All the answers are right there. So he wants Lin Chi to say good job, and instead Lin Chi kind of reaches out and smacks him and says, "You meet the Buddha on the road, you kill him." Mm. And the idea is, um, and this is applicable to 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 every faith or or just to everybody's lives, is that. When you meet the boot on the road, when you think, oh, okay, now I've got it all figured out, I've got all the answers, I know what it's all about, that's the time to say, oh, that's not that's not the real Buddha, that's mm-hmm. not the true answer. This is kind of a, a projection of my own longing, of, of my own kind of, that's what, you know, that's the cheap piety. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things you need to skewer so that you can move past and ask more honest questions and get more interesting answers. So we started this web magazine to do that. And... Uh, uh, got some notice and so on, and the publishers came calling, and they said, you know, would you make a book? And instead of doing kind of a greatest hits anthology, mm-hmm. Peter and I decided to travel around the country uh, for about a year. We started not long after September 11th, 2001, talking to people about what they believe, what they don't believe, what they like to believe, and gathering all these stories. And uh, and then along the way, we invited 13 other writers, novelists, and, and poets to contribute their ideas inspired by books of scripture, and we alternated their chapters with ours and kind of call and response because what we really wanted was a kind of a, a, a literary congregation, all faith, some people with no faith, all sort of in this big conversation, and that's what we tried to do with this book, Killing the Buddha. Wow, you know, and you're absolutely right because when I, I heard you speak, uh, you gave two examples, and you read from two stories that were so on a continuum. One story was on one end, and the other story was on the other end in terms of uh, spiritual beliefs and practices. And so, uh, and and as you know, as I've gone through the book myself, there really is a little bit of everything in this. Now, how was that writing? You know, this is this is a book that has a lot of depth to it, and here you are, two people writing this book. And was that an easy thing? Because I, you know, I have a hard, I'm having a hard time writing my book with my editor. You know, <laughs> I, you, we're talking about two people coming together and write a, a book that Oprah Magazine calls, you know, says this, Killing the Buddha proves that fear and trembling are only human, but a sense of humor is divine. And you two have come together. How, what was that like? Well, it's a, it's a really, it's a fascinating experience. And I say it's not, uh, partly it's because we both had started this web magazine, KillingTheBuddha.com. Mm-hmm. And so we both had ownership of the idea and neither of us was going to give it up. So we had to, you know, we were like uh, two escaped cons running down the road with the chains together. We had to find a way to work together. And we, we came from very different perspectives. So we said, well, we could trade off chapters. You write that chapter and I'll write that chapter. But that didn't seem so much interesting. We said, no, we've got to really do 
in some ways, the, the, the spiritual work here. And, you know, the root of the word religion, people are afraid of the word religion, but if you look at the, the root of it, it means uh, to tie or to bind. Mm-hmm. It means to make a community. And that's the, really the most basic element. So we said, well, we've got to make a community. We've got to find a way to write this together. And uh, we did that. And I'll, I'll say it's not always easy. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not one of those things where um, uh, uh, c- collaboration and writing, or, or whether it's in some other endeavor, where you necessarily going to sit there and say, okay, that's your point of view and that's my point of view and we'll just find a way to mesh these things together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's arguing. Sometimes there's even, you know, just real fighting about it. But that's necessary work to to create this community and in our case to create these stories. So what we would do literally is is uh, one of us might, might draft a, a, a version, a, a chapter for the book and then he'd, you know, give it to the other guy and Instead of saying, well, the other guy would say, instead of saying, I'd like to change this, I'd like to change that. No, it's just as if it's my piece of writing, and oh, I can do whatever I want uh-huh. with it. And then back and forth, back and forth. And when we did the final writing of Killing the Buddha, uh, uh, we were we had rented out a, an apartment just for this 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 own this own this task only. And we had a uh, uh, a, a table, a car table we'd bought, one chair, mm. and our computer. So only one guy could sit down at once. <laughs> and he'd be at the computer, and the other guy would be pacing back and forth, reading the piece, and then the other guy. And you go back and forth like that, and uh, uh, we don't know how, but somehow we ended up with one voice. So all our chapters are written in the first-person plural of uh, you know of what we experienced while we were writing Killing the Buddha. You know what? You know how that happens? It's the love. <laughs> and, you know, I really, when I saw you both together, you know, there's a connection there between you that I don't, I don't know that we can actually, you know, talk about. And it's it's almost like you are destined to kind of be together to do this book. It's really pretty incredible. Now, let me ask you this. Um, there's a, you talked about 9-11. And yeah. uh, how did that influence the book? Or how did that influence your belief about uh, creating story about uh, uh, religion, spirituality in America? Well, it's interesting. We we began Killing the Buddha. You know, we sold the idea to the publishers mm-hmm. uh, in the summer of 2001, and we both had day jobs. And uh, we quit our day jobs, and mm-hmm. at the time I was living in New York, and, uh, and we were getting ready to go on the road, and along comes September 11, 2001. And um, one, one of the, the scenes that we begin the book with... Um, was in my apartment in Brooklyn, which happened to be um, above a Puerto Rican Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. And before September 11th on Wednesdays and Saturdays, they played this great gospel jazz, um, real, real, very intense music. And I would just open my window and listen to it. September 11th came along. And after that, they started having prayer meetings every night mm-hmm. and playing this incredible gospel jazz every night, late into the night. And uh, no, none of the neighbors were going to tell them to quiet down. And that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, in some ways, that music and trying to understand what that music was uh, became the beginning of the book. And as we then set out on the road with a car with New York license plates, um, we found that a lot of people, I mean, we had always believed, look, these are important questions. We mm-hmm. have to ask about what people believe and, and, mm. and take it seriously, the, the scary stuff as well as the inspiring stuff. And um, we discovered that everyone was thinking along those lines. Doors were opened for us that might not have been opened otherwise. People said would see our New York license plates and and uh, and say, "Okay, we're willing to talk to you about our beliefs." That's and pretty it, incredible in itself, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, cha- it, cha- it very much changed the tone of the book, and I would say um, it made it a darker book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think inevitably there is. Um, 
uh, there's a central question mm-hmm. that all the world religions struggle with called theodicy. You know? okay. if, if God or whatever you want to call divine entity is so great, why does he, she, or it allow suffering? Mm. And, and how do we transcend that? And um, that was very much in everybody's minds that we spoke to. You know, let me ask this question because that is it's a question that I know I've had several times sure. in my life. Um, this book is so filled, and you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. You know, this this book is what I you call it dark. I call it deep. Um, you know, because it really does for me, it really projects the realistic, the true sense of what, you know, is happening, you know, in certain areas of this country and the, the absolute steadfast beliefs that people have in their faith. Yeah. And that, I say that without judgment. I say that, you know, in the way that you've projected and have written about this, that folks have, you know, regardless of what we think about certain religion, religions, they are right there in their faith. Yeah. And they are practicing. And with that in mind, let me ask you this. Could you share, uh, before we uh, take a break, I'd like to ask you to share, uh, you know, is there a story that comes to mind that you could share with our audience, uh, um, you know, briefly share uh, from the book. Sure, sure. I'll tell you one of my favorites, um, and one of those doors that I said was open because we came from New York was in, in, in Texas. We met uh, a pastor from a church called Cowboy Christianity. Mm-hmm. They listen to country music instead of hymns, and where he might find Jesus, they have pictures of cows. But they're serious. They're not not kitschy. But they're also Christian fundamentalists in, in, a, in a real pretty severe sense. But they were willing to talk to us. And as we spent time with this pastor, George McVeigh, former rodeo champion, and we thought, well, this guy is going to be, he's going to be, he's not going to like us. He's going to be a pretty tough guy. He's going to push Jesus on us. And we ended up riding the range with him. And uh, he took incredibly tender care of his, of his, uh, uh, his herd of cows. He's a rancher as well. And he said, well, this is my congregation as well. This is almost more of my congregation than what's there in the church. We said, well, how do, you, how do you then send them to slaughter? He says, I don't anymore. He says, I, I don't. I, you know, I've learned uh, that Christianity, or whatever you want to call it, you know, his spirituality meant sort of moving beyond a lot of the assumptions he'd had. And so this guy, who might have looked like kind of a campy cowboy uh, Christian fundamentalist, was a Buddha killer in the best sense a person who took his assumptions and moved past them into what we thought was a really sort of beautiful tenderness toward his congregation, whether they were bovine or, or the, the people in his church. <laughs> you know, I, I heard that story before, and you, I, and for me, I, I've been in Texas, and so I'm so taken back right there <laughs> with you on that and, uh, and, and struck by, you know, sort of the compassion that you all have come across in your journey across the country. That's the most amazing part is finding compassion mm-hmm. in, in some unexpected places, even places that, are, that, are, that have fierce and angry religion. We would still come across compassion, and it was such a common denominator. And that, was, that compassion was also, uh, you know, really something that, that you both felt. I mean, the sense I get was people really welcomed you in. Uh, in a way that I mean, you you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been able to write this, uh, this you wouldn't have been able to produce this book in the way that it's produced in its detail of your experiences, uh, if the case had been otherwise. No, absolutely not. It's a collaboration not just between Peter and myself, but uh, between all the people whose stories we tell in the book. We we have sort of thirteen chapters. Uh, we call the book the 
killing the Buddha's book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, every one of those people is, is, in a sense, a collaborator in, in the making of this book. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take a short break. I'd like to open up the lines um, uh, to our listeners. And uh, uh, please um, call in and uh, with your questions and comments on 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527 or one 298 5569. That's in the state of Washington, west of the Cascades. One triple eight two nine eight fifty five sixty nine. Also, if you have a question or a comment, you can send me an email at live at crustbusting dot com. Uh, you're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basili, and my special guest today, Jeff Charlotte, and we're talking about killing the Buddha. We will be giving away uh, several copies of this book to the first uh, couple callers we get. What, is that, what do you think of that, uh, Benny? Hey, we're all over it. I know. It's abundance. We just like it. It is abundance. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jeff. Stay, stay with us. We'll be right back. a friend. I have a great friend. I have Linda who answers the phone in here and she is my best friend of 30 years. And I was telling Jeff during the break that uh, Linda and I are both from the East Coast. I grew up in New York. I think, Linda, were you born in Staten Island or something? Was that? Oh, no. 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 That was your mom, right? She's got to come in here and, and she's prove come where in here. she's from. She's got, she, okay, she needs Jeff, to prove. Linda's yeah. bringing her birth certificate <laughs> in. <laughs> New oh, York New City. York City. New York City. Oh. Get a rope. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I know it is. Well, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Papasilli. And I have a special guest today. You know, we have Jeff Charlotte, and we are talking about this incredible journey that Jeff and his writing partner, uh, Peter, uh, it took to write this book, Killing the Buddha. And we've opened the lines up for questions, comments, and so you can receive a copy of the book. And we have right now Libby. Hi, Libby. Hi. Well, good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, and, and do you have a question or comment for uh, Jeff? Yeah, I, I have maybe a couple of questions here. Hi, uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, can you turn down the radio or Internet behind you? Just yeah, hold on a second. Okay, Is that sure. better? Is that better? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple things, and I don't know if this is pertinent or not. One one thing you had brought up was the situation where a lot of people do suffer in the world and try to understand, you know, why that is or, you know, what it causes that or what the philosophy is behind that. And, and I don't know if you have a opinion on that or not, but I was interested to hear what that might be in addition to, um, you know, if you, if you have any specific feelings regarding the Buddha religion. Yeah, regarding the what religion? Buddha. Oh, Buddhist religion. Yeah, Buddhist. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, obviously we're influ- we're influenced a lot by Buddhism. Um, although I should say, neither of us, uh, neither Peter nor I, is a Buddhist. Um, we are, I guess, if, if we had to name our practice, it would be that we're writers. Um, but the thing, I, no, I don't have an answer as to as to why there's suffering in the world, and I, and I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the, the Buddhist answer either. The thing that most moved us was that as we talked to people, and what we were really interested in was not so much going to talk to people in order to find an answer. We wanted to know, well, how do you ask these questions? How, how, you know, how do you, this person, ask these questions? We discovered that uh, wherever we went, uh, these questions were being asked, even if it was the most absurd, silly, kind of goofy, campy kind of religion. Those questions were still there, something you might want to dismiss, even if it was something that seemed, oh, just... Just terrible, you know, very angry and fierce. Those questions were being asked. If it was uh-huh. like something shallow, so that we were really moved by the fact that that, that you could meet someone uh, as as we did in the middle of Kansas, who wore antlers as part of the religious experience, and and you know danced around a fire wearing antlers. This is pretty silly stuff, uh, but as you got to talking to them, you realized they were they were concerned with with the question of suffering and with uh-huh. trying to find trying to find good answers to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Libby, I have a question. Do, yes. you, do you have a thought or an idea about uh, uh, why, you know, why, why folks do believe that suffering is part of spirituality? Well, it, it's a good question. I, I guess what I could say to that is that, you know, I believe everybody's on a journey and has a path that they must follow in mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's strange because some people seem to suffer more than others, it mm-hmm. seems. And, you know, the question is, why is that? You know, you look at yourself and you count your blessings and you think, you know, it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to understand why certain people have to suffer so and others don't. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always kind of wondered about that myself. And the only thing I can come up with is that we all have a, a path that we must go through in this life to mm-hmm. get to where we're ultimately going to get. And, um, you know... Some people, I guess, have to take different paths, and that path will will encompass some sort of suffering, whether it's more than others, you know, that's left to be seen. But that's, I mean, I don't have the answer either. I, I don't know if any of us do, but... Well, I, I, lo- I love, you know, uh, uh, you offering, you know, your point of view, because that's that's what we do on this show. I mean, it's really the collective conscious, isn't it? And we come yeah. to the table... And we represent our opinions, and then we each get a bit wiser from it, don't from the from them, don't we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you. Uh, you know, thank you, Jeff, for that answer. And um, if you, Libby, if you stay on the line, Linda will uh, get some information from you so that Great. we can send you a copy of this amazing book. Well, fantastic! I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Jeff, and and thank you. Have thank a great you. day. Thank you too. Uh, Jeff, let's, uh, let's let, uh, folks know a couple of things. Um, how can, uh, they get a copy of the book if they'd like to purchase one? Uh, they can, they can go down to their local bookstore or to, to Amazon. Great. Or, or, or Powell's. It's, the book is called Killing the Buddha, a Heretic's Bible. And I, I should say, if you go to your bookstore, um, we, we did something really, our publisher, Simon Schuster, they did something really innovative with the cover, which is they didn't put any words on it. It's yeah. just sort of a blue sky with a red X. That's right. Look for that for, for the cover, and the, the title's on the spine. I know. I, I talked about that before we brought you on. I said, okay, that, I said you know, um, I was looking for the uh, the text on the cover, and uh, you know, I, and then I realized, I remembered, nope, there, there isn't any text on the cover. Right, it right. is just that beautiful blue sky, actually, with the white cloud and a big red X on it. 
Yeah, and you know, one of the interesting things we learned uh, after they, they came up with this cover, they, they kept on showing us covers, and we mm-hmm. said, no, no, we don't really like that. It was mm-hmm. a little too cliché or mm-hmm. a little too too sappy, and they came up with this, and uh, a brilliant designer named Paul Starr, mm-hmm. and uh, we later learned that this idea of um, the philosophers, uh, early 20th century philosophers, who wanted to talk about religion or God, but they weren't really, they weren't satisfied with all the terms that existed, so they would they created this typographical element where they would write the word God with an X through it, mm-hmm. not to negate it, but to sort of simultaneously acknowledge this thing and say, but wait a minute, the way that term exists now is not adequate. We need to think, we need to move beyond that. And, and I, think, I think that's what this cover sort of means to me now. It, it, the book is certainly not, a, it's not against belief in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a way of sort of saying here, the subtitle is A Heretic's Bible, and we use heresy in the sense that if you're a heretic, it means you're engaged with the questions of belief. A heretic is not someone who just says, I don't believe in God. That's not heresy. That's atheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, a heresy is someone who says, a heretic is someone who says, uh, you know, the old answers may not tell us the whole story. Now, how does that apply to the belief in America today? What's you, your view on that? Well, there is a sense in which we are all heretics in America. The root of the word, it's a Greek word, the root is to choose. Mm-hmm. And we live in a time and space where very few of us come by our religion, some of us do, but very few of us come by our beliefs so easily as, well, this is what my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents believed, and thus right. I believe that. Right. We, all have to, we all have to sort of look and say, well, is this true? Is this true? Is this what I accept? Is this the thing that works for me? And that, in that sense, we all get involved in this process of killing the Buddha um, and of being heretics and of saying, uh, maybe it's because the church you grew up with is not adequate for you. Maybe it's because the church you left behind because you didn't like it right. turns out, in fact, to have some spiritual truths that are valuable to you. Maybe mm-hmm. you've become a Buddhist. And by becoming a Buddhist, uh, you're a Buddha killer. Um, and that's what heresy in America means. Mm. You know, actually, we're talking about opening the door up for all perspectives, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Although we're careful not to say, um, we try to steer clear of a certain kind of writing, um, a certain kind of ecumenical writing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sort of a newspaper report on a, you know, a priest and a rabbi went in, you know, they took in a Cubs baseball game together mm-hmm. And and that's the extent of our depth. No, there's there's no. real questions to be asked, and not all things are equal. And when we encountered some religion, we went to a gospel service in, in, in Florida where they were praying for the execution of, of somebody, and they're in very violent terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ready to say, that's not good religion. That's mm-hmm. bad stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's fierce stuff. Mm-hmm. And when we saw moving, compassionate responses, we're ready to say, that's good stuff. So it's a little... It's not. It's not relativism. It's. It's. It's more. Um, it's storytelling. It's it, is it is storytelling, and it yeah. is storytelling from uh, your perspective. And I really honor how you have come to the table to tell this in what, what appears to me to be truly your authentic selves. I, I mean, I don't really get a lot of you know stuff going on in the book. It is like really both of you and the and the authors that have contributed really come into the table in detail, really very very vivid uh, detail of of what you have experienced. And I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And 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 you uh, said that you 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 would read from sure. one of the stories. Let's give out the number again: four two five three seven three. 
425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. 1-888-298-5569. And you can send me an email at live at crustbusting.com with a question. Now, there's another story in the book, um, and you and I were talking about it during the break. Would you share a little bit about what that was like for you to experience that particular philosophy? Sure. Uh, we this is uh, this is called the Psalm of Heartland, Kansas, and the way it came about is that we had heard that um, what's called paganism or Wiccanism or, or, or whatever you want to call it, these sort of uh, um, uh, pre-traditional religions, mm-hmm. um, is the fastest growing religion in the military. Mm-hmm. And in fact, military chaplains are now required to learn uh, the Wiccan rites. And so we we're curious about that, and we got in touch with an Air Force chaplain who is also uh, a senior witch in, uh, in the Fort Riley Pagan Association. And uh, she invited us to come to a gathering of, of, of uh, hundreds and hundreds of pagans, thousands, uh, in the middle of Kansas. So we went, and uh, this, this is what we saw. There were many, many witches, not to mention troll people, those who believe they are part troll, the way some people say they are part Cherokee, as well as vampires and halflings and full-blood Vikings, radical fairies and mischievous elves, and strutting around in kilts and tartan, communicating by walkie-talkie, some big, badass druids providing security. Some of the druids were bikers. Many of the magic people were military lifers and grunts and NCOs. There were also construction workers, Jiffy Lube mechanics, a major contingent from Kinko's. They came to the festival in campers and rusty RVs and souped-up Chevy two-tons. They camped in pup tents and under tarps and, in some cases, under trees. They brought toddlers and teenagers and their grandmothers. And there's one other part of this story that I want to tell that was Mm -hmm. prompted by Libby's question. The, the, The... the Air Force chaplain who invited us, her name was uh, Elwyn, her, her magic name was Elwyn Greywolf, and she was there with her daughter, Willow Dancer, a 25-year-old mother. And so there was three generations of, of pagans there. And Willow Dancer was one of the few people who, who was wary, was wary because she knew that her religion was so unlike anything we'd seen. Uh-huh. And, and I just want to share this little part from the end. Okay. Um, we had taken a part in a ritual, and Willow Dancer said, I can't believe you're showing them this, speaking of us. Mm-hmm. You just, they just want to make you look stupid, to make fun of it all. Can't you see that? Mm-hmm. We started to tell her she was wrong, but her mother, Elwin, had a better answer. Kimberly, she said, Will Dance's real name. They have no power over me, over any of us. They've come here to learn about how we live and worship, and we are going to show them. What they do with that experience is on them. I don't believe they want to hurt me or any of us, but they couldn't if they tried. Do you really believe some silly book could have more power than we do? Wow. That was to us one of the most moving statements that we heard. I mean, we love the book. Mm-hmm. Killing the Buddha is our book, and we love it. But we love the idea that people's lives are, are the, real, the real fabric of, mm-hmm. of, of the universe and of the world. And the, the books are just collections of stories that help us 
but uh, no, it's true. The book doesn't have more power than, than, than an individual does. You know, I've, this is like the second time I've heard you read that, and also I have gone back and read it in the book, and every time I, I, hear, I, I read or hear those words, I am just chilled throughout my body. Thank you so much for bringing that. We have a caller. We have Fran who called in, Jeff. Let's, uh, let's take Fran's call. Hi, Fran. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Would you do you have a question for Jeff or for me? Well, I have a question. Um, not quite sure how to to word it. I have been um, exploring spirituality for about the last eight months after a big change in my life, mm-hmm. and what my feeling is, or what I'm thinking is, that we're all just good and have positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. So where does the evil come in? I, I don't. I don't believe there's evil. Do we create that? Hmm. That, that's a. That's a profound question. It's definitely a profound question. <laughs> we were talking about that uh, a little bit earlier, and I think Libby touched on that in a, in a different sort of way. And that, that that's a question we saw explored throughout the country. Obviously, it's of great concern. And as I said, we started working on killing the Buddha after September 11th. And uh, so, therefore, it was a question that was very present in people's minds. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't give you an answer, uh-huh. although I would say um, evil does exist. We saw it very visibly. We all saw it on September 11th. We've all probably seen it in our lives. But we did find that it was very important. Uh, for instance, I mentioned earlier in the show, we attended a gospel service that was very disturbing. Uh, and incredible music, all in the service of praying for the execution of somebody. Uh-huh. And, um, but when we talked to those people... There, even even there was a compassion. It was a compassion that had been twisted and distorted. Right. Um, but it was there. And and in trying to understand, you know, what George Bush calls the evildoers, I think it's important to always understand. Right. To, to do so with empathy, mm-hmm. not necessarily sympathy. Uh-huh. I have no sympathy for terrorists or, or religious fundamentalists who, who use violence. Right. But to do so with empathy, try to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, let me let me say, uh, uh, Fran, let me just uh, address what you're saying, because Jeff and I had a little sidebar conversation <laughs> during the break. Uh-huh. And what I said to Jeff uh, was, I said, you know, uh, I asked him if he had another book in the making that had to do with, let me call it new thought philosophies, for lack of a better term. And what I mean by that are, uh, you know, philosophies and spiritual spiritual practices that you know are emerging uh, in in in. Well, I guess we could call them congregations like uh, Unity and the Church of Religious Science. And I really don't claim to know them all, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe that they come from the place that you're speaking uh, of, and that is that they're really. Um, Boy, I don't want to misquote this, and you know, I know Reverend Susie Shade will be on the phone, uh, you know, it quit real quick. But the, the idea is that really, you know, it's all good, and you know, can we find you know the good in everyone? And that's kind of an interesting question, and and uh, and I think Jeff, that would be something to really take a look at. How do these philosophies really differ from what yeah. you found? In the first go around, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that, is that what you you were you alluding to that a little bit, Fran? Yes, or yes. Was because, I off base? No, no, you're uh, you're hitting it there um, because I believe we're all good mm-hmm. and everybody has good in them, right? And you know what brings out this evil and and if I can think positively and practice, you know, 
thinking of others in a positive way and and, and get sending positive messages. And if if more than one does that, can we? I think we can. Yeah, make a big difference, but it's. How do we all get together? <laughs> and you know, yeah. Jeff, I think we're giving you sort of like a little input for the next book. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot here. This is great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. And this is definitely the place to come if you'd like to know more about sort of the, what we call, I guess, interfaith practice. I know that's the term that's been, uh, that I've had some of my guests use. But it is that perspective where it's all good. Okay. And how can we shift our experience by shifting our thinking? Mm-hmm. How can we see that what might appear to be a disaster has, in fact, the highest and best for us at the very core if we could really stop for a minute and look at that? I think, Fran, that's what you're saying? Yes, it is. All Thank right. you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just, great. just want to make sure I'm right, right there with you. You are right on, yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Fran. Fran. Thank you both. if you would stay on the line, uh, let um, we'd love to get some information from you so we can get you a copy of this incredible book, and then you can read these words. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for the question. Thank you. Jeff? Yeah. Isn't that great? That was that was a terrific call. Don't you just love this? We have the best. I say this every day because it is so true. I love this listening audience. They are amazing. They're each and every person out there is really willing to take a look inside and say, you know, am I really, you know, at the place of my highest good? And if I'm not you know, how can I get there? And that is really pretty incredible. That's why I do this show, and that's why I do it on this station. It's also very, very tough to also relieve all that pressure, especially when thousands of people are listening. So yeah. to take that step, in a sense, also is a yeah. huge, huge uh, positive influence on it. a lot of other people. Yes. Now, tell us a little bit about where you're going with this. Where, you know, you, you I think you mentioned that you're going to be doing a special. Tell us, uh, what's the future of Killing the Buddha? Well, there's a couple things in the work. Works. Uh, we continue to publish uh, www.killingthebuddha.com, mm-hmm. which is in some ways sort of the uh, that's the virtual congregation, and uh, we publish stories that we write and also stories that are sent in to us. And, mm-hmm. and we really welcome visitors there. You can also see a few excerpts from the book there at killingthebuddha.com. Uh-huh. The next thing that we're doing uh, is. Uh, uh, we, we're still on tour to a certain extent, although we're resting up a little bit, but we've been working with a radio producer uh, from NPR, and we're going to make a, uh, uh, a radio documentary. But what we're doing is we're not, we're not going to talk, we're not just going to talk to ourselves. Instead, we're going to make a collage of uh, true stories from people who come to the book readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're there with a microphone, and we say, well, would anyone like to share an experience from their life? And we're going to make a collage of that, and that'll air nationally on, on the public radio in in the fall, probably around the same time that we get back on the road to do another tour for the paperback edition of Killing mm-hmm. the Buddha, Heretic's Bible. Wow. And uh, we're going to be going around. This time, we're going to, we, first time around, we went around to bookstores, and that's sort of the that's the nature of the business, and that's where your publisher wants to send you. Next time around, we want to go to colleges and uh, churches, temples, uh, uh, community organizations, things like that. Uh, where we're not so much about selling the books as as talking to and meeting people and 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 practicing our own kind of spiritual practice, which is uh, gathering stories. You know, uh, we're ready for you when you're getting ready to do that. And when you're getting ready to kind of expand this to the new thought uh, philosophies, 
you've got my phone number. Give it a call. And, we do. We do. And you'll and, be hearing from us. And we will, you know, put you in touch with some amazing people and uh, amazing practices and uh, see it in the next book. Who knows? Maybe the next Great. edition. Listen, hold we you to that promise. Yeah, we have one last caller. I think we have in time for that. Hi, Misha. Oh, hi. Hi. You have hi. a question for Jeff? Well, no, I just <clears throat> thought maybe I might. Uh, give a little information that might give some insight on what they were talking about, maybe uh, evil. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if any of you have read the New Revelations uh, by Neil Donald Welsh, uh, but it's conversation with God, you know, and he kept asking God, why are we having all these wars and, and problems and sorrow and, and uh, horrible things happening? And God says it's because of our beliefs, all of our holy books, and sacred books have false beliefs in them. And, and we believe a lot of those false beliefs, so it's a spiritual problem uh, where our, our society and religions try to treat the symptoms, but they don't get at the real cause. And then the other thing is, is uh, Jesus taught that, uh, well, we know we have free will. Man was given free will, but... Jesus was talking about In Love Without End by Glenda Green, how uh, we have a mind, and our mind is to be our servant. It serves us well. And we also have a sacred heart, and in the sacred heart is we need to have those two connected, the heart, the sacred heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the sacred heart is our uh, higher intelligence, and it's also where God dwells within mm. us, which is somewhere behind our physical heart, mm. I understand. Wow. But these two books, I've learned a lot. And uh, that, um, so, uh, you know, if a, if a person is just in their mind all the time, uh, they, can, they can be like a robot. I mean, they can just uh, kill. They can do anything, and it doesn't even bother them. Wow. So they need to get connected to their heart. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for that information, and, yeah, and thank you for mentioning those amazing books. And uh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, hold us, Linda. We'll get some information from you, Misha. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for being here. All righty. All love you. All right. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Pat. Isn't this an incredible show? Yeah, I've got terrific callers. Oh, they're fabulous, aren't they? And a terrific host. Oh well, thank you. And a terrific producer. Aww. <laughs> you know, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining uh, us today, Jeff. And please let Peter know, um, you know, that we just love what you, you've put together here. And uh, if there's any way that we can support you in the future, if you're ever back in town, please give us a call. We'd love to have you step in the studio. Absolutely. Live. And, Grace uh, our presence. Yes, absolutely. And, and really talk more about this and, and where you are at that point. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank and, you, Pat. Uh, thank you, Benny. And thank, and you. thank you to the listeners. Please join us uh, on killingthebuddha.com and, and uh, tell us, uh, share with us more of the stories that we'll, we'll put in the next book. Okay. I'm on it. Great. Thank Thanks, you. Jeff. Have a good one. Take, Take care. care. Take bye care. Bye. Wow. Great show. Whew. Boy, now, oh boy. let's talk about next week real quick. Sure. Monday, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, it's a cross-busting Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, Sue Storm's always here in uh we'll change of plans. Spirit. We're going to mix it up a little plans. bit. That's all right. And I want to say this. If you're not going to be at the women's um, uh, show. Northwest Women's Show, yep. Email me at live at com. 
That's email me at live at crustbusting.com. Write down your name and a telephone number in the email, and we will include you in the drawing. So again, live at crustbusting.com. If you cannot make the show, like if you're Kathy in Arkansas, just email the name and your phone number, and we will put you in the bowl. And she'll be there in spirit anyways. we will do that. Yep. Tuesday, Harv T. Ecker will be with us, and uh, we'll be talking about real estate. So, and Wednesday, Patty Britton, the sex coach. See you until next week. See you down at the Women's Show booth 909. You got it. Later. Views expressed on the preceding program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is your alternative talk station, 1150 KKNW, Seattle.